Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. You're listening to the Bow Hunter Planet Podcast, your gateway to the wonderful world of archery. Hey guys, welcome to BowHunterPlanet.com podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in here on Carbon TV. And if you're listening to the audio on Apple, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast realistically, I know some of you listen on a whole bunch of other platforms, so thank you for that. Uh, today we have Vapor Trail on. We wanted to talk to Ricky over here over at Vapor Trail about the brand, really, and just kind of get to understand the brand a little bit better. I've always known them for for arrow rests, and so I'm learning stuff on this call today, right now, as we speak. Actually, it's kind of funny. So I think it's best to let Ricky introduce himself and just let him kind of just tell us what Vapor Trail does, and you know, give us the the lowdown, I guess. Yeah, no problem. So um, as you said, my name is Ricky. Last name's uh, Bruley. And uh, I've been with Vapor Trail for going on um, almost 17 years now. Um, company got started building bowstrings back in 1993. So we're approaching almost 30 years in the, in the bowstring building business. And then uh, in, the, in the mid 2000s, uh, that's when the arrow rest came available, limb driven uh, Vapor Trail. We actually originated that technology and then it was um, then uh, employed by several other companies after that. So um, that's kind of where that came from. But yeah, as far as my background, uh, just been hunting, fishing, all that kinds of stuff since I was a kid. Um, I uh, worked for Sportsman's Warehouse for a little bit. That's really what really got me into working in this industry. And then uh, at, while I was working for them, uh, we were installing strings and cables from Vapor Trail, which was just a few miles up the road. So I would drive up to the uh, headquarters and pick up strings and cables to replace on bows and one day I, they looked busy. I said, do you guys need some help? And they put me on a jig and I started building bow strings uh, right then and there. That was in 2006. So, nice. Awesome. Yeah. I'm a little distracted right now because I'm building my strings as we speak here. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm a right good way now to learn, landing learn on the, the black and tan um, combo, the buckskin oh. and, the, uh, and the black. Um, there you go pretty pretty classy string you got going on there so there you go yeah the customizer is a nice tool especially for all of our dealers too they can that we have a portal on our website where our dealers can get into and they can build the strings and show their customer what the end result would look like 
I like it. Yeah. Any, any company that offers, you know, a product that I can customize to my custom converse, you got it, man. That's right. The way I like to roll. Yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I would say first off, like, you know, uh, thank you for doing the colored rest. I love the fact that there's multiple colors you guys offer in some of these rests. Um, yeah. I want to ask a question in regards to, um, the tie-in so when you do a limb driven system obviously you guys know this up and down but what kind of knot is used at the back side on the bottom limb to hold the system together is that a specific knot that you guys are promoting or how does that work well i i don't know the technical term for it but i you know it's essentially like a like a d-loop knot so i think it's i think it's what's known as a half hitch uh, but basically I just take the cord and come around the outside of the limb, come around, and then I just tie it to itself using, uh, one of those D loop style knots. And that's Got what it. I found that works the best. Now, do you guys have a video on this process somewhere on, online? That, we do. That yep. knot? Okay. Good. Yep, Cause we do. <laughs> I tried to do one of these. It wasn't your brand. It's a different brand. I tried to do the limb knot at the bottom and I failed miserably. And I was thinking about it. And when I saw that you guys, that's like your main thing, I was like, oh, they're definitely going to know the answer to this, or at least be able to tell me how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's there's cool. a lot of different, you know, there's a lot of different accessories that you can purchase that you can clamp to the limb and you can do things like that so that you can attach the cord uh, a little easier. Uh, but again, we just, we're just trying to keep everything simple. Uh, we really strive on the simplicity of how the rest functions. There's not a complicated mechanism in there and to avoid adding cost to the product itself. Uh, all you need to do is wrap that D loop around and tie a knot. It's that simple that you don't need any other accessory to go with it in order to do that. So as far as the latest technology you guys are working with here, it looks to me, and I'm just looking on the website, trying to understand some of the latest rest. It looks like yeah. the gen integrate eight would be your latest uh, concept. And it, it looks yep. to me as though the integrates going to obviously take advantage of the Picatinny systems that are built into, I'm assuming this will go on a Matthews Hoyt or Bowtech um, brand. Is that the case? Yep. Yep. That's correct. So it's essentially our gen seven platform. Uh, it's just, we ran into a lot of fitment issues with that arrow rest when it came to getting on some of the Matthews bows, there was a, there was just a couple of Hoyts that we were, we were having a tough time with. And so that's the main reason we came up, came out with this. And we honestly would have had an option sooner. Uh, but as you know, QAD owns the patent. And so there was some licensing agreements that had to go into place. There's a lot of red tape, a lot of things involved with that. So we worked with them for quite some time in order to get that. Uh, but now we have the licensing agreement. Uh, and so we can now, uh, uh, offer that option to the to the general public so this question this is a generic question this question really has um this is just your opinion so this is not vapor trails sure. you know i'm just going to ask this question because i think i've asked yeah. it before to a different brand and i can't remember the answer but so why is it that these bow manufacturers decide not nothing is qad i love qad the great people there but wh why use the patent concept with what they have instead of just doing a picatinny like just taking a Picatinny system that's completely open patented, you know, and why not just use something like that to mount it instead of, did it need to be smaller? Maybe is it, was there a reason you can think of that? Maybe this is just opinion. I, you know, I totally understand, but, but why they would, everybody would have to go off this patent, I guess. Yeah, I guess I, you know, I don't know. I, I think for this, it, it's for the sake of maybe longevity is about the only thing that I can think of as far as, uh, you know, there, there was maybe some, you know, as far as the licensing agreements and all those kinds of things, there's some money to be had there. 
they have a lot of money wrapped up in patents. I believe there's four or five different patents involved with the licensing agreement that we have with them. So if you can imagine what the initial cost of their patents were just to put this, just to make this whole thing happen. Uh, and again, when they initially came out with it, uh, we reached out right away uh, just to try to do it the right way and say, hey, what, you know, what can we do? We want to we, we want to get on board. Uh, and they said, well, you know, we appreciate you reaching out and doing it the right way. But we have they have a strategic plan uh, that they want to uh, release certain uh, aspects of it over the course of a few years. And so that's the only thing that I can think of. Um, really uh, as to why, um, you know, I, I know that there's agreement agreements with bow companies and, and things of that nature. And so that's about the best way that I can describe yeah. it is that they were, they were, they were working strategically with different bow companies. And so they had different contracts out that, um, that prevented us from, from being able to use that, uh, that, uh, mounting system. Yeah, makes sense. I just, yeah, I was just curious. I always thought about that when I saw this last year. And, I, and, and like I said, nothing against that. I think it works awesome. It looks cool. I yeah. love the way it connects. I just always thought about it. I look at it on the bows. I'm thinking, why would this not just be a Picatinny that's literally mounted to the bow? Like the Picatinny's mounted and then you just mount to a Picatinny off the side. But then I thought maybe there's something I'm missing, you know, because I'm not an engineer by any means. So there could be right. definitely some issues with maybe it's too big or it doesn't, you know. But yeah, so these rests look great. Which one's your best selling rest right now out of these of the ones you guys have? Uh, currently, right now, our Pro VX is our best seller, um, mostly because it's the most universal. So we don't we don't run into too many um, fitment issues with specific uh, bows. Uh, so that currently is our best seller. Um, but now that the uh, the Integrate uh, just recently came out, now it's not available yet. We're just taking pre orders for it. Uh, but we've sold a lot of them. Uh, our initial run is already sold. And so um, right now, I mean, it, it, it's poised to eclipse the Pro VX for sure. Really? Okay. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I was thinking about it. So it, it basically what you guys are finding, I'm assuming then is, is I'm trying to think who, so mo most of the biggest brands are carrying this, this type of system where you can use this. And I'm, I'm assuming that means if you guys sold that many and you're not the only one selling this type of thing. So that means a lot of people are buying those bows, right? That's what I was getting at that have that system yeah. that's built in. And they're probably thinking if I'm a consumer, I'm thinking, why would I not take advantage of this system and get a rest that does that? Right. Cause then at least it frees up some of the space on the side of the riser. That absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You get a little bit of better balance, puts the rest, you know, right in line with the riser. Uh, and it's is, really simple to mount. What does the X add for the difference between the 8X and 8? It adds micro adjustability, and then it also comes with the bottom limb adapter. Got it. Okay. So you can see there's that little roller wheel on the side, and that's what you use to run the cord up and over, and then it, it allows you to go to the bottom. So the 8 has that ability. It just doesn't include the uh, the bottom limb adapter. You just have to purchase separately. So. Gotcha. What about the um, Pro VX and the Gen 7X? What's the difference between those two? So the Pro VX is based off of our original Pro V platform that we came out with, I don't know, probably a decade ago or so. Uh, but this model, it employs a rubber overmolded carbon cage where the Pro V, the standard Pro V model, just has a machined aluminum cage. The Gen 7 series now gets you into a full capture rubber overmolded cage. So that's, that, those are your main differences mm, between the two. Gotcha. The Pro VX like is a little, little sleeker. It's, it's a little bit lighter. So a lot of people like that feature as well. So 
um, just different options, different price points for um, for people that you know. Some people aren't really really concerned about the full capture option. Uh, you know, we used to before we went into the full capture option, we used to kind of joke with people and say, "Well, what are you like a monkey or something hanging upside down the tree? You got to have full capture." <laughs> you shouldn't be shaking that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, obviously, we want to give the consumer what they want, and so that yeah. that's where the that's where the Gen Seven was born. Awesome. So, as far as um, the drop away style, I'm just kind of glancing through. You guys have a lot of rust. Actually, there's a lot more skews than I thought here. It looks to me, and I could be wrong, and you tell me, but it looks to me the lowest price hunting drop away. Is it around one fifteen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I correct. saw one. You guys have a you guys have a refurbished one. It threw me off. Sorry. <laughs> There's a refurbished yeah. area out mm-hmm. here. So, but yeah. So okay. So that's like a straight limb driven system with the prongs. Yep. Original pro. Yep. So it's got a, a stainless steel launcher blade on it. Forked blade. Looks really nice yeah. though. Yeah. When did when did Vapor Trail get started? Uh, Nineteen ninety three. Okay, so you guys have been around for quite some time. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. Like I said, so it was the original limb driven then? Yeah. Yeah. We originated the technology. Yeah, what, what came, you said the bowstrings came first? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Bowstrings so that, that's, first. that's how you guys got started and then moved, obviously. I mean, it just makes sense to move into the rest too and the yeah. other accessories, which is great. Um, I, you know, I get this question a, a lot too is that what everybody likes to know what what are the bowstrings made of what material are bowstrings made of what do you guys use well we have a proprietary blend of materials called vtx uh so uh back in you know back in the 90s when um jared came up with the blend jared fondy is the is the uh, founder original founder of the company and uh he was a competitive shooter and he was just looking for something that was different uh than what was on the market and so he worked very closely with with Brownell, and uh, they formulated this material. And um, it, it was just different from any other material that was on the market. But we, he found that it held up better in varying weather conditions. So, as a competitive shooter, as he traveled, uh, you know, you, you're kind of going from one temperature extreme to another, especially when you're doing like field rounds and stuff like that outdoors. And he would notice less. Um, less movement in his peep. He wouldn't have to do a lot of tinkering around once he got to his new location. Usually everything was right where it needed to be. And, uh, and since then, of course, now we're 30 years later, you know, a lot of the materials have kind of come a long way. And so a lot of them have really caught up to the technology that is BTX. Uh, but we do also offer other materials like 452X. Uh, we were doing some bloodline stuff for a little while still maybe going to work in that in that realm in that area but uh, we also do offer a non-blended material and mercury uh, just for those guys that want to get a little bit of added speed so is there a difference in like the elasticity of those strings or are they all pretty they're i mean once you start put some put some arrows through it they're not really going to stretch at all yeah i mean there's definitely difference you know you know when you get into a blended material you're going to have a little less of that because you've got vectran in there it doesn't move near as much uh, but then when you start getting into a non-blended material, uh, you might have just a little bit more movement in that uh, as it doesn't have that Vectran, it's, it's 100% Dyneema. But now the, the Dyneema strands are getting, we're getting into higher grades of Dyneema strands that move a lot less. So some of these newer uh, materials that are, um, that are non-blended, they're 100% Dyneema are actually getting much better. 
Okay. What's up? Yeah, what's I always found that interesting. So I know what's there's, um, I know there's different pro proprietary materials out there, but I, I've heard your strings tossed around a lot in the industry. So that's good. Yeah. 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 The VTX, like I said, it's, we haven't changed it. We've, you know, we've done a lot of uh, research and played around with a lot of different materials and we just really haven't seen a need to change it. it. It holds up really well. It's cost effective. We don't have to charge the customer an arm and a leg for a set and um, we can get them built up and get them out the door really quick. Don't fix what's not broken, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> what's the deal with this peep it thing? Is this something you guys have a maker? Where does this come from? Peep it. That's uh, manufactured by boning. Um, okay. So yeah, we're just, uh, and they, it's essentially a serveless peep. And so you kind of wrap your string each side of the string through the tubes that come up on the top and it, it grips the string really tight. It doesn't move. Once you get it in, you don't even need to serve it in. It's, it's pretty good. And they do have versions that accept, um, some of the, uh, in, you know, some of the apertures and clarifiers that are available by other manufacturers in the industry. That is awesome. Yeah. You got a yeah, lot I of, get over the, I can't get over the, uh, all the colors on the rest though. There's some really cool colors in here. I, I love the fact you guys have all these varieties. Cause I just, I feel like, like I'm looking at it right now, cause I've been thinking about doing like a lime green setup and I'm like, looking at this going, wow, that looks sweet. And like, just the idea that you can get the lime green in, in whatever color the archer is looking for, but get that yeah. in here to have that little extra, you know, oomph in the uh, rest, right? A lot of rest companies, they either have red or black and that's that. There's not very yeah. many options. There's not, definitely not like this, where there's like tons mm -hmm. of colors. It's usually yeah. very, very minimal. So that's really mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, that's been really big for us. And I mean, we have a lot of, a lot of guys that they, it's, it's one of the reasons why they shoot it. Uh, more or less, we want you to shoot it because of its functionality. We know that it works well. We know that they shoot well. But on top yeah. of that, having those options is, is always a, a, an excellent selling point. Now, I'm, I might be stepping out of bounds here. But <laughs> you, do you get a lot of uh, the, the people that are customizing their string colors and their rest colors and all that kind of stuff? Do you get a lot of hunters actually doing that? Like I like, or, do, or is it more target archers that are really customizing the look of, the, of what they're doing? It, it, it's, it's all the way across the board. I mean, I would say a majority of our customers are probably hunting in the hunting uh, arena. Um, and we get some wild colors that come in. I mean, we've sent out, you know, clown looking strings to, you know, people where you're just like, oh, I don't know if that's my thing, but <laughs> you know, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's across the board. It's not just Target. There's, and including myself, you know, we, I'm not afraid to have color in the woods. Uh, killed plenty of deer. Haven't had anybody get nervous about it or anything, anything like that. So, yeah, that, that's what I figured. I just, you know, you, you hear a lot of talk and you don't see like a lot of hunters. Um, well, at least, at least a lot of guys that I talk to, they're weekend warriors, right? So it's, yeah. it's like they'll buy, like I have a buddy of mine. He just bought a bow like two days ago because his setup broke. So he's, you know, he's hunting just OEM, you know, everything. Yeah. Um, we got to talk and, and he's like, yeah, I still got to order my strings and all that kind of stuff. Cause he'll buy a bow and then he'll like, as soon as he can, obviously he can't right now because he's in the middle of season, doesn't want to mess everything up. Right. Um, but he'll go out and he'll, he'll replace all the strings and do everything just to make it kind of cool looking. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. also upgrade too, because I, what, what you guys have going on with strings and materials you're using, it's an upgrade for most OEM stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Typically. I mean, there's a few companies out there that are using some really high end materials 
uh, you know, but for the most part, I think a lot of the companies are looking to kind of drop the bottom line and it's just, you know, I, I get wanting to keep, you know, the bows within a, within a good price range that people are willing to pay for them at. And then, you know, I think nowadays, you know, back in the day when I first started, some guys would go a couple years, you know, two or three years. That's when we'd start seeing um, sets for, uh, for bows, you know, it'd be 2010 and people are ordering new strings for a 08 or a 07. But now we, I, I mean, I don't even have the specifications in my hands yet for the strings and cables and people are already ordering them, you know, like I'm sure I'll get an order for, you know, the, the new Mach 34 PSE tomorrow, you know, and the yeah. bow's not even on the shelf yet. So yeah, people are very eager to, to upgrade and, and, and get the OEM stuff off the bow. I dig it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I think you, I think I, I honestly think that um, with all the bow manufacturers, with the color schemes they have been doing though, it kind of does relate to what you guys do with the colors. I was thinking about it when you guys were talking about that, because I thought about, OG, Oh, you know, OG green and Brown, all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's very, happening a lot i feel like the next moment next thing you guys want to do is like a sand a tan because they they're all just constantly adding these yeah. tan colors and every year it's a little different name like it might be tan one year next year it's light brown <laughs> next year it's yeah. like turquoise i don't know they just come with some yeah. random crap yeah <laughs> one other thing that we've heard a lot you know over the last probably year or two years is that um traditionals really come back in a big way have you guys noticed that too in your string sales or you got a lot more people um, really going towards that traditional side? Uh, I don't know. That, that's kind of a tough question to answer. I don't think it's really changed. We, I mean, for us anyways, the amount of re, re, excuse me, the amount of recurve strings that we sell is probably roughly about the same. Um, we don't do a lot in recurve. Uh, a couple of reasons. One is we, we don't do Flemish twist. Um, and also with the way our process works, we do tag in and the way that process works, it's really difficult for us to have a good price point uh, because of the amount of labor costs that goes into building them. So we, we don't do a lot of recurve stuff to begin with. Uh, so it's kind of hard to say if it's, if it's really increased. I would agree with you though, as the, as the marketing, I do all the marketing and stuff for Vapor Trail. I do see a lot of people really getting into that now. Yeah. So what do you yeah, see I mostly really as cool far as that. bow brands? Like uh, you, when you're talking with people, consumers, like what's the biggest, I guess, couple of bow brands that you hear the most of? Do you hear anything like about like Bear or is it mainly like Matthews and Hoyt? Uh, a lot of Matthews, um, obviously a lot of Hoyt, Bowtech. Um, PSE is really making a good push these days. And uh, uh, I would say Bear is also... Um, they've, they've got some things that have been coming out the last couple of years too, that has really kind of increased some of their notoriety too. So we're getting a lot of that too. Cool. Yeah. I was curious. Cause you know, they have, cause they, a lot of times they, with that brand, they sell a lot of ready to hunt packages already. And so I always get curious, like would someone who buys a ready to hunt consumer package consider something like this? And I don't know the answer, but that'd be like one of the areas I feel like would be a little bit harder to get them to convert, to buy a better you know, system, unless they upgrade right into a bear bow, then they have, well, I mean, bear, I mean, B-A-R-E, when they go to a bear bow, then they obviously need a chance to buy. Now, where would people find these rests? Is this like at Bass Pro Shops, only Pro Shops, only online? Like, where do people find them? Um, we've got multiple outlets. You can get them direct. Um, we've got hundreds of dealers around the country that stock them as well. Uh, like you said, Bass Pro, I think they've got our original Pro and our Gen 7. Cabela's, of course, um, Lancaster, get them at Lancaster. 
and uh, Kinsey. Obviously, that's a dealer-based um, uh, outlet. Uh, but yeah, you can get them all over a lot of different outlets to get them. So you got so, you got a lot of SKUs on your website. Um, outside of the rests and the and the bowstrings, is there anything else on your website that you guys manufacture? That's so funny. Uh, that's what I was going to ask Tim. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to ask. I was going to say I'm going through the website. I'm just trying to understand which is your. Hey, and welcome to bowhunterplanet.com podcast. Thank you so much for your support and watching this show here on Carbon TV or listening to it wherever you get your podcast. I just want to take a moment to thank the sponsors who help us bring this show to you guys and keep it interesting and fun. I want to thank Tinks, Cat Work Truck, Camp Chef, Cobra Archery, HHA and HHA USA, Mojack, Thorn Broadheads, Victory Archery, Burris, Reveal Trail Cams, Apex Competitions, Heat Hog, Deer Camp Coffee, and Under Armour. Make sure you check out and log on and sign up on the bowhunterplanet.com brand new website. It is simple, it is awesome, and it's a great place to chat bow hunting and archery with a whole bunch of like-minded people. So we'll see you soon, and now, back to the show more specific and which is because you know there's like a bow on here can't we obviously not making that yeah so we because of our pro shop um we've in the last probably three or four months we've started to employ all of the things that we sell in our pro shop as well um at least the things that we're allowed to uh but the main products that we manufacture is our vtx bowstrings we've got the limb driver arrow rest and then in 2021 we purchased stokerized stabilizers so we also uh, manufacturer stokerized stabilizers right here in our facility okay yep i, I recognize Dang, the I name i didn't that. know you guys bought them that's cool yeah that's so really you can cool. see if you look if you're looking at the top menu you can see on the far right we do sell them on that website but we also have a dedicated website to stokerized as well gotcha that's yeah. awesome didn't know that. yeah that was a really good acquisition for us as well um you know we've been really good friends with those guys for the better part of a decade and so uh, when they were just poised to kind of move on and, and uh, Kyle Stokes, he owns, he also owns a pro shop, Swatara Creek. And so he was really focused on that. He was getting into the e-bikes and stuff like that. So Stoker has got kind of got put on the back burner a little bit. And so it was a perfect fit for us because like you're saying, all the customization, you've got all the different colors in the acrylics, you've got all the different colors in the, in the DSD rubber dampeners that you can apply to the carbon uh stabilizer so it just really falls within our uh our culture here yeah we've heard, i've heard a lot of good things about like the um what do you call them the the harmonic ones um stabilizers i heard really good things about those so that's yep. um that's great so you, you can customize a lot of those as well as what you're saying yeah yeah absolutely yeah i think we've got Gosh, I can't remember now, but we've got at least a dozen different colors in the acrylic stabilizers, which we have patented. So it's one of the reasons why you don't see any other acrylic stabilizers on the market. We're the only ones that can make them. And uh, uh, aside from that, you know, we've got several different stabilizers that we use uh, ultra high modul modulus uh, carbon fiber. Um, it's super stiff and we've got two different diameters in that. We've got our M1 series that is smaller in diameter, so it's a lot stiffer. Uh, and then we've got the standard SL uh, hunting version as well. Gotcha. So what does your yeah. personal setup look like? Walk me through yeah, what, what you have on your personal setup. <laughs> I want to know string color, what rest, what color. I, I want a picture in my head. 
<laughs> okay, well, let's start with which which one. Um, I'm looking. <laughs> Good point. Sounds like me. <laughs> your fa- Let's go with your favorite one first. <laughs> I've got uh, currently what I'm shooting right now is um, I'm shooting a prime black five. Uh, I th- there was a time where I'd get a new bow every single year, and uh, uh, I shot for Bowtech for many many years, almost a decade, probably more. And then um, really became good friends with some of the guys over at Prime and so started shooting some of their stuff. Uh, so the Black 5 is what I'm currently shooting or was currently shooting, but actually today I just broke it down uh, because the, of our new arrow rest that we have coming out that integrate. Um, I have a Matthews V3 uh, here that I'm going, that I've actually just taken all my accessories off my Black, put it onto the V3 and I'm gonna shoot that for the rest of the season. Uh, just so I can get, so we can get the rest, um, you know, kind of through the ringer. I mean, obviously we've been testing it quite a bit, but it hasn't had any like really good, um, like really uh, solid hunting, fall hunting experience yet. So I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. get that. So what uh, you're saying is you're up. a better hunter than everybody else that's touched it so far. That's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Without, without, question. without a doubt. There's, and there was yeah. no hesitation there too. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, That's I've awesome. got a lot of, I've got a lot of different setups. Um, uh, prior to that, like I said, with the, so with the prime black five, I had a gen seven X on there. In fact, it was one of our original prototypes that I've carried over from probably two different bows. Now, uh, just, you know, obviously want to put it through the ringer and get as many, I mean, that thing's got thousands of shots through it, never had any issues. Awesome. Uh, my, my color scheme on that bow was red and black. I didn't get too fancy with it. Um, and, uh, I uh, got a uh, acrylic, red acrylic stabilizer on it uh, from Stoker Eyes that I use. It's actually a, it, it, it's a prototype that we're working with. We've got the, a model called the Stasis that has, uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if you're able to see it on the, on the website, but yeah. it's basically, it has, a, it, it can, it, it's an offset, it has an offset bracket, but then it can also articulate. Uh, and so we've only typically had that in aluminum and carbon and now we've been playing around with trying to do an acrylic version of that so i've had an acrylic prototype on there in red uh, that i've been using as well that's been working really good so yeah when i when i first saw that uh that stasis i thought it uh, doubled as a bow stand (laughs) that actually is not a bad idea (laughs) thought about trying to employ something like that there you go i like it so what would you say is the most um uh for Stoker Eyes, what's the most um purchased uh one of these for specifically like whitetail hunters, Midwest type hunter? Like what are they buying the most of of these? Uh I would say right now our our probably most popular seller is our SL, like the SL8 and the SL11. Uh and then, you know, obviously you can take that, you can employ it on the front and then you we've got an offset rear bracket that you can use to then um use you know do a rear bar coming off using the same um using the same stabilizer so you could have 11 in the front eight in the back or vice versa or 11 on both or however you want to run it but that's that's been our most popular the acrylic is our most uh uh, economical uh stabilizer that we currently have uh, that and then our edge series which is aluminum so we do have a lot uh, a lot that we sell simply because of the price point a lot of materials too. That's interesting. Different yeah. materials. Yeah. I think hey, the, do you guys? Uh, do you guys? Like, go ahead. Do you mind if we pause real quick? I just have my computer's sure. about to die. I forgot to plug it in. No yeah, problem. Man. No problem. Go ahead. Let me get that. 
I like the way the acrylic looks, Tim. You know what I mean? Because you could change. I do color. too. Yeah, and super like customizable easy. for sure. But what I was going to ask is, I wonder if I just wonder, like, with testing, which one is there anyone that's better than the other one when it comes to material? Like, does the acrylic yeah. do the same as like the metals or the carbon, or is the carbon going to be better? I'm assuming the carbon's better because more different. money. Yeah. I'm back and I'm ready to answer that question. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll re-ask it real um, quick. So it's re okay. Let me re-ask it so it's, I can put it in the recording. All right, here I go. Let me just do this so I know where I stopped. So, Ricky, with the different stabilizers, I was trying to understand if the materials, I guess in testing, what happens different with the materials? So is the acrylic different uh, suppression than, like, let's say, carbon or, or, or metals like aluminum? So I guess how do you guys deem that? Yep. So you're, you're absolutely right. The acrylic, uh, it has the best dampening properties of any of the materials that we use. Uh, the only downside is now, if you want to try to extend the length of it, you know, it, it, it doesn't have the stiffness. So it kind of becomes a little bit of a wet noodle, so to speak. Uh, so that's the only downside it has the best dampening properties, but you can only go so long with it before it starts to, um, you know, get a little bit too wobbly, a little bit too shaky. And so then that's where you get into the, the carbon stabilizers. And as, as the diameter gets smaller, uh, it gets stiffer. And so then that allows you to go uh, uh, with longer lengths. And so when you get into some of the target stuff, a lot of uh, our, our M1 series in the target has now eclipsed our SL just because of that thinner diameter. It's a lot stiffer, and that's what target shooters want. There, I, the acrylic has so many cool colors, like ice blue, copper. I mean, it's got some sweet colors. Flow pink. Like, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> this is some cool stuff, man. I, I just love, like, I love the color schemes that you could do these wild colors. Now, I was going to laugh and say to you when you said about Stoke Rise, I was like, I think I remember Stoke Rise having a ton of color. And then when you, when I was thinking, when you, when I brought it, I looked on the page, like, yep, that's what I remember. Those cool looking acrylic colors where it goes right through it like that. So cool. You know what we should do? Uh, let's take this one to the bank, but like, I, I want a percentage of this, but I think we should put an LED inside there and let's light up that bar. That'd be sick. Just one little light and just like, it'd be like Star Wars. Yep. <laughs> wow. It's uh, it's it's pretty wild that you're telling me that right now. Yeah, uh, it's something we're, happening. We're playing with that already this morning. It would look so <laughs> That's sick. Awesome, man. It would yeah. look so sick. So you said he, you know what? He just said no percentage, Dave. Sorry. Yeah, yeah it's fine. I don't, I don't blame him. <laughs> But, but that's still, actually I, a really good idea. I mean, you know, the, the newest thing within the quiver world are the lights right on the quivers and being able yeah, to have man, just enough light to, to be able to find what you're looking for. And, uh, you know, to be able to integrate that elsewhere is pretty cool. So, yeah, I, I was and I was going to go simple. I was going to say I was going to say, well, in, instead of like all these colors, why not glow in the dark? You know, that but, cool. Uh, yeah, too. <laughs> you know, it, it would help at least when you're walking in from hunting you can see your bow better at least you know get the frame you know we saw we just saw what did we just see we seen a elite the elite just put a light inside the the uh, between the limbs there on the uh yeah. suppression so they put a little light so when you're walking with your bow it's like a flashlight on the ground a green light which is smart um oh, that's actually, will it hold yeah. up or anything can't wait to find out right we'll hold up through all the shots i don't know <laughs> we're gonna find out um you know and then we got what trophy ridge doing it in the outside inside of that quiver right so yeah i mean there's definitely a place i like tim's idea too the glow in the dark idea is actually not a bad idea especially when you're hunting mm -hmm. and now you can at least see where the stabilizer is you see something yeah. right that you're like oh here's the frame i can grab here right mm -hmm. so definitely something to think about yeah for sure i, I have one more question though on your rest so when it, when it comes to rest and, and putting 
a bunch of arrows through it. Is there anything over time from a maintenance perspective? Like, do you have to oil them, grease them in any Good way question. for any of the moving parts? Or are nope. they just, they're ready to go? Yeah, everything is everything is contained and, and, and waterproof. Uh, and the only, we've had a few times where we've had customers just send them into us just so we can kind of take a look at them. But uh, the, the, the lubricant that we use uh, inside the mechanism holds up pretty good. Like I said, it's, it's pretty well sealed. So nothing really comes out and it holds its own. And I, we've had some customers claim to have upwards of 10 to 20,000 shots. Um, and we have a cycle tester here too, that we've, you know, every single model has been well over 30 to 40,000 cycles and wow. never, wow. never had to, never had to do anything. Um, it, but like I said, if anything, sometimes the spring in there, uh, will get weak, uh, and it'll go, but I think that's more of a, of a manufactured defect, uh, aside from it, just, uh, you know, like I said, thousands, tens of thousands of shots we've had through most of them and never had an issue. So, yeah. Awesome, yeah, that's man. crazy. Yeah. Well, you yeah. factor so like target really shooters nothing. are going to shoot a lot more. You know what I mean? Like a target shooter shoots a lot. A lot. It's, you know, 100, 200, 300 arrows a day. So I get yeah. it like in those scenarios, but most archers and hunters aren't shooting like that. Like I shoot like once yeah. every two weeks. You know what I mean? Like it ain't going to. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> yeah, very rarely have we had any issues with that or had to do any, uh, any, any maintenance as far as making sure that the mechanism continues to function. Good deal. That's what we like to hear, man. Set yeah, it yeah, and forget so it. What's going on with hunting this year? What do you got going on? Oh, well, as you can see, I'm looking a little scruffy. I just came out of the wilderness. Too. I was up there for two weeks up in the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness. Nice. Uh, I was hunting black bears, and uh, I didn't even see a bear. Um, but And it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's tricky up there, too. It's a different ball game. There's... Uh, they have a leave no trace policy, so you can't leave bait. You can't do. You can't have any fires. Can't have any That's fires out, outside of the campsite ring. So you can't do any burns. You can't. Uh, it, so it's it's highly restricted. So it's a little bit difficult. But um, really, I was just trying to go up there to kind of get away. I was duck hunting. I was grouse hunting. I was fishing. Um, I had a lot of success in those three areas, and then also just getting away and getting off the grid. And you know, the only thing I used my phone for was Onyx, and that was about it. So. Uh, that was really nice. That was a good trip. Came back pretty well refreshed. And then um, from here on out, I'm just going to be hunting whitetails. I uh, usually do some Western hunting, uh, but again, this year I didn't draw any tags other than the bear tag. So I'll just be doing some whitetail hunting locally. Uh, one of the, one of the new things I'm doing this year is I got a tree saddle. So that's a, oh, whole, cool. new, that's a whole new deal. Um, and I'm loving it so far. It's, it's been awesome. Uh, just being able to go in there with a the minimal amount of gear and, and feeling really comfortable, um, kind of, you know, getting up there and age a little bit. So my back's a little sore, you know, so it's kind of <laughs> nice to be able to just lean back and, and, uh, you know, I can sit for a long period of time. So that's been pretty cool. Yeah. We've heard really good things about that. Um, yeah, we've been talking a lot about saddles on this yeah. show, actually. We've had, you know, we talked, I tell you earlier, Corey was on, he was talking about saddles, trophy, yeah. trophy line was on. They were talking about their saddles a couple of mm -hmm. weeks before, We've and, heard it from uh, a lot of our team BHP members too. Um, yeah. Picking it up and it just seems to be the next, not, not the next, they've been around for a long time, but just gaining popularity for sure. So. Yeah. I, I like the yeah, idea of it definitely. for state land and public lands. Cause yeah. I just, I feel like I don't want to go out and put a whole stand set up, up, but if I can throw some sticks up and go up and, you know, do a saddle for a day hunt, that might just make the most sense, especially when it's all hooked to you on the way in. So it's not like, it's like, you're just wearing a harness on the way out. So. Right. Yeah. Me, that just. Yeah. 
makes the most sense for state lands. But I hear you on the the bear hunting. You know, we I went last year. I pulled a tag from Michigan's Upper Peninsula, and I went up there. And uh, you can bait here though, and you could use a pop up line that kind of stuff. But I swear, yeah, it was so hard to hunt them um, here in Michigan. I I didn't. I think I saw a, glim- a glimpse of a black bear, like a glimpse of black eye. <laughs> And Kevin swore he saw it for just a split second. And I just thought I saw a glance, but, and that was like four or five days of hunting. And then if I go backwards to 2015, we went to Northern Canada and hunted black bear. And yeah. we, we all got a black bear, the hundred percent kill rate. Nice. And we, you know, I saw three or four bears per sit. I mean, it was crazy, totally yeah. different than hunting down here in the States. Yeah. And I was like, this yeah. is insane. These bears can care less about me being around and it was just very um i would definitely pay to do it again put it that way it was just the easiest <laughs> thing to do go on that what they call queensland which i don't know if that means kingsland now i don't know but at the time <laughs> yeah. it was like seven hundred thousand acres you know it was something ridiculous the, the land we were on it took us 30 minutes of driving to get to our spot from our campsite it was insane wow. No. I got I got an idea though. I've been trying to get off the ground for those um, no leave no trace hunts for the bears, and, and that is you know because you can't leave bait and all that stuff. So if you want me to come out and help you and videotape this, you let me know. Um, but you, but what it is is that you become the bait, right? So you oh. all you slather yourself <laughs> in peanut butter and honey, and you just do a straight up so Tim will do that stock on the bear, and uh, just try to get it before it gets you. So you know if you want to do that, I'll be happy to videotape that. You know. Just let me know. I'm, I'm all yours. That's a, yeah, that's a that's a great idea, actually. That's a, <laughs> I mean, it, I'll be honest with you though. I was even, you know, the U.S. Forest Service was they were putting out reports, you know, um, making sure that people were being diligent in that specific area because there was so many bear encounters. And I thought, man, wow. it's gonna be a drop. This yeah. would be a drop, drop yeah. in the hat. I never had a moment that I didn't have my release on and my bow within 20 feet because I figured, man, I might just kill one in camp. No and I, I was being careless, <laughs> purposely careless with like my day's ration of food, just kind of le- letting it lay out in hopes that one would come in. Nothing, Nothing. never. Wow. Yeah, that's so, the way it happens. Really. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I wish I, I had the video to show you. I, I don't know where it is. I saw it. I saw it recently. I'll send it to you if I can find it. But um, when we were in our hunt camp for in Canada for this bear hunt, uh, we were all we all went to bed. It was like at night. We all went to bed, and all of a sudden we heard screaming. We all run outside, and there's a bear in the back of the UTV licking the uh, licking the because we we're baiting with it. it was licking the bait off the back of the UTV, and we're all like, screaming at it. It runs away, and then we all go back in. Then we hear another scream. We all run back out, and the bear came back, but this time it actually charged one of the guys. Like he's holding his phone, he's got the camera. Of this he's like, "Get out of here, bear!" And the bear turns on him and starts coming at him. He's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> he like runs away. So then it's not even over yet so then it leaves and we we all go back in and also i hear another scream but this time the scream is more like someone's being mauled or something right so i hear ah, ah you know so i look out the window and i see this black mass and it's by the tent there's a tent some dude's tenting i'm like you're an idiot and it's tearing the tent up it's doing something <laughs> it's, wow. like, it's like biting the tent the whole tent collapses and the guy starts screaming even more and then it ran off and that was the last time we saw it but oh my god there was bears everywhere. You go out to eat. We're getting uh, what do you call that? The fries with the stuff they put on there, uh, poutine, poutine. Yeah, whatever. poutine, oh, yeah. poutine. So we're getting poutine at the store. We yeah. look over. There's a bear in the garbage bin next to us. We're like, what is going on? <laughs> this is like crazy. There's bears everywhere. You know, they're in our camp every night. And then another yeah. night we came in from a hunt, and John and I, my buddy John, 
we're the campers were like this so we were between them you know getting stuff and i i i uh i went inside and i i, and I hear john yelling and i go back i go what's going on he goes i was getting something and i and i thought i was talking to you i heard you to my left but then i realized you were inside the camper and i looked over and it was a black bear in our cooler like trying to bite the yeti cooler i'm like what <laughs> it's unbelievable man every day bears everywhere the locals hate them they're like kill them all i'm really can't I'm like kill one <laughs> yeah, that's crazy yeah man they can be they can be scary i had a i had a one of the nights i was um camping out there i had a like I had a dream that I had kind of a scary encounter with a bear. So the next day I was, you know, how a dream kind of yeah. hangs with you for a day. I was just yeah. like, <laughs> all day, <laughs> just like looking around, got my knife ready, you know, just in case. They're hunting and, you, man. They're hunting you. Like, Could you carry a sidearm? I didn't. No, I, oh. I did have, I had my shotgun up there uh, for duck hunting, but I didn't have a sidearm. Uh, I had bear spray, but I, I never carried it around with me. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I know a lot of people are like, man, I can't believe, you know, I just, I've had so few encounters um, up there with bears or anything anywhere for that matter, even on yep. baits and things of that nature. But I, I, I don't know, I guess I, I, maybe I should have, but I had my bow and that was about, that was about it. I figure I just kept telling myself, okay, if one charges you just hold your ground, don't, you know, don't run, uh, run downhill if you have to, you know, all those kinds of things. But never had an encounter don't crap so. your pants because i like the smell so. yeah <laughs> yeah i just <laughs> i said bear mace when i was in canada you couldn't bring a, a sidearm in canada i didn't know this but i was told later that you could have a shotgun so now I, if i go back i thought i probably carry i had the mace but the mace um to be honest with you i was scared to use the mace because I was scared it was going to blow back in my face because it's windy right? and yeah, there was a bear trying to come up my yeah. tree. There was a bear trying yeah. to come up my tree. and It was freaking me out. Like literally. And I was, I had that, I took that mace over the side of it and I was shaking. I'm like, get out of here. This is after I shot a bear. There's that many bears coming in. And so <laughs> I'm like, dude. And so I think what I do this time around, when I went up to the UP of Michigan, I carried a Glock 10 millimeter as my, just as my, at my side, just so I had it. It's, you know, that thing holds yeah. like 16 rounds or something. So I wasn't yeah. worried. But in Canada, I think I'd get what they call, I don't know if you ever heard of a shockwave. I think it's a Mossberg shockwave. It is a shotgun that's only about yay big. It's like this big, right 16 on. inches. And you can put it on your pack, you know, and at least, you know, the odds of it charging you like a grizzly or something, you're just getting dead right there or slim to none. You know, black right. bear is usually going to growl, snap. Yeah. It's not necessarily going to charge you instantly. So technically, you probably have time to pull a pin. It's not like a grizzly where it just, you know, it's on you and you're dead. Right. <laughs> so I would, I think that would be what I carry from now on is that shockwave. Um, what I'm doing, black bear. And then, you know, a sidearm, if I can't just be easier. And then I didn't have to carry the mace, but not that I didn't want to. But again, a mace just creeped me out, man. I just felt like being in that tree and it was windy. I was thinking, this could be bad, man. If I have to spray yeah. this. I have to close my eyes when I spray. And even if I do that, who knows if it just, you know, just wipes my face or something, right? The wind and then it's on me. Right. Ugh. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, Ricky, it's been awesome having you on, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, Thank appreciate you. it. Thanks for having we'll have me. Love to have you on again. Chat. And, uh, you know, everybody go out and visit uh, vaportrailarchery.com. Check out Check their strings, out. rest stabilizers now, and uh, which is awesome. Get it customized to your Converse. Or however else yeah. you want to customize it. And uh thanks again, man. Great, great conversation. So yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate, appreciate it.
be glad to be on again anytime. Awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye. The Bowhunter Planet podcast would like to thank our outdoor partners for their support. It's because of these companies we can keep this show educating, entertaining, and growing the archery heritage.